Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright. We'd like to welcome our guest for today, Tom Howard, Ph.D., CEO and Director of Research at Athena Invest. He speaks to us from their headquarters in the greater Denver area of Colorado. Dr. Howard, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Good afternoon, Charlie. So you are a former professor at the University of Denver for over 30 years in investment management and international finance. You hold a number of patents in the financial world. You're a popular speaker and investment advisor at investment advisor conferences. You write often industrial in the industry magazines, okay? And your focus is behavioral portfolio Management, And that's what you guys focus on at Athena Invest. So first of all, uh, Dr. Howard, give us a brief description of Athena Invest. So Athena Invest is an asset manager that uh, sub-advises to advisors. So we don't work uh, directly with clients, but with their advisors. We also manage a mutual fund and also sub-advise on a, on a hedge fund. So we are, we think of ourselves as an intellectual property shop and we provide our services to a, a variety of market participants in terms of building wealth for their clients. Okay. Now I see on your website when you open it up, it says this and I quote, markets are not efficient and people are not rational. So I can tell that you have been to some of my wife's family's gatherings here because efficiency and rationality are definitely not present. Tell us what you mean by markets are not efficient and people are not rational. Well, I started out um, getting my Ph.D. and I'm a strong believer in something called modern portfolio theory that said, you know, invest. People and investors in particular are rational. They make rational decisions. And that as a result, then market prices are correct all of the time in financial markets. And I believe that for a while. And then the evidence just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so now I've, I've kind of gone the, the full range. My colleagues say I've gone to the dark side. And I'm saying, in, in particular, in recent years, behavioral finance, behavioral economics has risen in prominence, and I'm now a part of that, that group that believes in behavioral finance. There is very little rationality, as you, as you suggest, Charlie. You just look around, not only in our family, our friends, uh, in, in day-to-day transactions, in the markets. It's, people just don't make rational decisions. They let their emotions drive what they will do. And the result is then that the markets, when we mean we mean efficient, they're not correctly priced. Uh, we we not only make uh, mistakes, what we call cognitive errors, but we do it collectively and therefore drive prices away from fundamental values. So those are the two basic concepts we work with here at Athena. Okay, so behavioral portfolio management, that, that could be many, many things. You're a PhD, you work with quantifiable things. How do you quantify what you do? So 
So we look for, again, what we refer to as behavioral price distortions. Uh, this is where prices don't reflect underlying values because of the behavioral mistakes that markets collectively make. We identify those that are measurable. So we want something very quantitative. We don't want to make an emotional decision, but we want to identify those mistakes that are measurable and that they're persistent. So that requires large data sets, which we use. Um, and we test those to find out whether they, again, we have some sort of objective measure and it, it works over an extended period of time. We then build a portfolio on that particular behavioral price distortion. We figure out what, what securities we're going to use and how we're going to trade it. So we develop that methodology and then we actually then manage a portfolio based on that. Uh, so that's the, that's behavioral portfolio management. Uh, when we actually manage it, we try to take the emotions out of the management process. We're, we're trying to harness emotions and the mistakes that investors make. Uh, the last thing we want to do is then turn around and make mistakes when actually managing the portfolio. So those are the, the key elements of, of how we manage portfolios. Okay, you know, I, I understand all the words you used, but I'm having difficult uh, time here, Dr. Howard, to to understand what this means in portfolio management. Can you give us an example or two? So our our so-called pure portfolio, uh, which I've been managing for 15 years, is a really proof of concept of this idea. So I've identified three different situations where there are consistent mistakes made by uh, investors. One is based on dividends. Another one is the uh, sell-side analyst estimates of earnings, and then on leverage debt in the company. And I put those three together along with a price-to-sales ratio because sales is the least manipulated of the accounting data. All of those are, are measurable. They have persistent results, and they all reflect some sort of behavioral stake made by the market. We put those together and manage our portfolio using those particular concepts. So there are Again, we're, we're looking for those consistent mistakes made by investors in the market. Are you looking for those that are undervalued, also those that are overvalued? How do you use that information? Yeah, we, essentially what happens is that uh, the investors drive the price of the security away from its fundamental value. And we're looking for those opportunities. And obviously we're looking for those that are priced attractively relative to their fundamental values. Now, we don't directly measure the fundamental values. Um, we don't do any kind of discounting or so forth. We're just looking for those uh, type of mistakes that that uh, seem to represent those kinds of uh, opportunities in the market. So, so do they so, have to be wrong in all three cases for you to invest in them, or can they be yes, and, exceptionally yes. wrong in just one of those areas? such as dividends? No, it, it, we use all the criteria. One of our final criteria, we use five criteria. Final is we don't invest in the smallest stock, so we have a minimum sales. So, yes, they have to meet all five criteria to be considered. We then put together a portfolio based on those. And then we, we monitor that on a regular basis, and any time a stock fails one of those criteria, then we sell that stock and we find a replacement. 
so that's that's how we go about it. So it's it's the uh, combination of those criteria all being met that we find attractive investment opportunities. Okay, and, and which portfolio was that again, uh, Dr. Howard? That, that's the Athena Pure portfolio. Its full name is Evaluation Profitability, so Pure Valuation Profitability. We have that in a separately managed account, and it's also in our mutual fund, which is the Athena Value Fund. We use the same methodology for both of those. And do you seek to have any kind of diversification among the uh, the stocks that are purchased in that fund and diversification by industry or anything else? Yes, we, we diversify by sector. So we're, we don't particularly, are uh, not particularly betting on a sector. We're a bottom-up sort of uh, approach. And uh, so we make sure we diversify across sectors. In the case of our separate and managed account, we hold 10 stocks. And in the mutual fund, we hold 25 stocks. And again, this is consistent with the research that we see that we only want the high conviction of a manager, and so that's how we build those portfolios based on that criteria. Okay, and and historically, I, I'm sure that with all of the data you guys have, and you're a PhD, and, and all of the the quantitative work you you've done, you've done all kinds of back testing. Has the did you say you've been doing this for 15 years? The, this strategy, yeah. Yeah, 15 years, and it's produced, uh, I think, somewhere between a 15 and 20% return over those 15 years. Uh, so it, it is... You're talking about annual return? Very well. Yeah, annual return, okay. right. Yeah. I see. So so you feel very justified that this particular approach identifies the anomalies in the marketplace that have been mispriced because of investor behavior, not because of the company itself and its earnings and profits and sales, etc. Yeah, we like to say we're not we're not trying to identify good companies. We're trying to identify good investments. And good investments are characterized by these kind of investor mistakes. So that's that's what we're looking for. Um, yes, and so we we are buying those particular kinds of stocks into the portfolio. Yes, and and these are U.S. domestic stocks only. We do uh, every once in a while buy a, a, a stock outside the U.S., but mostly, yes, it is U.S. Okay. And you typically hold them for kind of what what, what, what period of time? Eighteen months is the average holding period uh, okay. for this particular portfolio. Each of our portfolios is different, and uh, so 18 months for this particular individual stock portfolio. And, and these are long-only positions, correct? And there are no hedge right. position at all? No. No hedge position, right? Okay. Uh, Dr. Howard, we need to take a short break. This is very interesting stuff, which I knew it would be. And uh, so we'll be right back. And when we come back, let's talk about your tactical portfolio because it has some very unique aspects to it uh, in terms of how other tactical portfolios work and, uh, and, and, and see how you guys do things differently, if not, we could say, uniquely. Again, we're doc- talking with Dr. Tom Howard, Ph.D., CEO and Director of Research at Athena Invest out of the Denver area. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Uh, again, we're talking with Dr. Tom Howard, CEO and Director of Research at Athena Invest. So, Dr. Howard, before we move on here, uh, let me ask a question that uh, Paul just raised during the, our quick break here. Uh, could you give us a specific example? of a, a, a stock that you guys invested in for some period of time and uh, kind of how it qualified and then uh, when you got out and why. And, and you don't need to take long in doing that. And, and we're just catching you unaware of this kind of question. Uh, but, but can you give us an example? So in a couple of years ago, we owned Lockheed Martin um, stock, and we, we invest in the full capitalization range from small stocks to large stocks. But we own uh, Lockheed Martin, and that was at a time when the defense industry was supposedly in decline. It was They were cutting back on defense spending under the Obama administration. and But it met all five of our criteria that we looked at. So we went ahead and bought it. And an interesting story related to this is my son's father-in-law worked for Lockheed. We have a big Lockheed plant here in Denver. And when he heard that we had bought that stock, uh, he said, why would you do that? It's just a terrible stock. I work for the company, and you shouldn't uh, buy it. And at the same time, um, his wife, uh, Andy's mother-in-law, put it into her uh, IRA, managing the pure portfolio. And over the next 18 months, that stock more than doubled. Uh, so it was kind of an interesting uh, situation. And then at that point, uh, it failed the criteria of, of what we use for looking at debt and that we prefer to see a fair amount of debt. That's one of our contrary ways of looking. We're, we're uh, a balance sheet contrarian. It failed that criteria, so then we sold it. Uh, but it, it ended up, I think, 120% return over something like 18 months. Uh, so that's an example of a, a stock we own. Okay, that, and, that's a great example here, Dr. Howard. Thank you for sharing you know. that with us. Appreciate it. So let's move on to the tactical portfolio. Now, on this show, uh, we've had over 200 interviews, and probably 25% or more have been on tactical portfolios. Okay, and so we're very familiar with those uh, people determining through trend following momentum kind of uh, of analysis, uh, get in and out of various markets of uh, commodities and equities and uh, uh, international emerging markets, etc. But tell us how you guys do tactical, because, again, it's it's different. Yes, it is very different. We try to capture and measure deep behavior. Currents uh, in the market. 
So we don't use uh, the, the typical trend following or momentum or mean reversion or crossovers, those sorts of things. We also don't use valuation of any sort. So we're trying to tap into the deep behavioral currents that are driving the stock market. And we do that uh, with the help of the active equity managers, the mutual fund active equity managers. We've got a, you, you talked about our patents. We have a patented process where we can strategy identify about 2,000 um, active equity managers here in the U.S. They tell us um, how to organize that market because they're collectively they they are they have a lot of intelligence uh, in that regard. So we we harness that, and w- with that information, we can identify again the deep behavioral currents that are driving the market, and then we take a position in in one of four different markets. One the um, Fiber, which is a large cap, the Russell 2000, which is a U.S. small cap, international, which is EFA, and then if things don't look good in any of those markets, we go into cash. Now, we do not trade very actively in, in, in these particular markets. We get a signal. We buy a, a position in that market. We hold it six to nine months, and then we trade. Uh, so we are in, so, in almost every uh, aspect very different than the other tactical managers. This portfolio is the number one tactical portfolio in the country by a wide margin. Uh, so we've got tremendous performance, um, and yet yeah, we do things very differently than other people do. Yeah. So so let, let's see if if I understand it here correctly. So you invest in only one of those, and you invest through an ETF. Yes, yes, that's exactly what we do. And if the signal's strong enough in a particular market, we'll 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 double our exposure uh, in that in that particular market. So, for example, right now we're we're double exposed to the S and P five hundred, and uh, because our signal is so strong for the large cap uh, U.S. market. And this is a mutual fund, correct? This is actually a separately managed account. Okay. Um, So we buy that into that separately managed account, um, and we hold a single ETF, uh, depending upon what our signal uh, indicates. Okay. And um, so also on this, uh, you have no hedge position, and you do not manage for drawdowns or volatility. Is that correct? That's that's correct. Interestingly enough, even though that we are in this case we're double exposed, typically about half the time, we have a beta of about one. So it's got about the same volatility as the market, and we roughly double the market return. Um, we have done that since this was launched in 2010. We've got research. We just put out a paper on this that goes back to. 1980, and we think you get the same kind of performance uh, in those previous uh, decades based on a research basis. Um, so yes, we just we hold a, a single ETF uh, in this uh, this portfolio. Now, what I'm trying to understand here, Doctor Howard, is you know the 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 primary t- primarily touted position of almost all tactical. Strategies is we get you out of the market when we see it declining so that you're not in the market in a 2000 to 2002 scenario or especially in a 2008 scenario. But your tactical doesn't get them out of the market, really. Well, it can go to cash, you say. 
Yes. On a research basis, we, we were out in 2007 and stayed out until the end of 2008. And we also were out of much of the 2000 to 2002. We refer to it as catastrophic insurance. So we insure against those catastrophic events. Um, we do not handle the short-term sorts of movements, even the 10, 20, something. 25, 30% returns, uh, drawdowns that you can see, uh, we do not respond to those. So we are uh, in the equity markets about 80% of the time uh, and 20% in cash. There are times when our measures say the stock market has essentially a negative return or a very small return simply is not worth being in there, so we do go cash. Now, since we've launched in 2010, we have not, we have never been in cash. Signal's gotten close a couple times, but we've never gone to cash. Um, and uh, so that's, that's what it is. So it's, again, we think of it as catastrophic insurance, not the uh, kind of what we think is run or mill, but not everybody does, uh, relatively uh, short-term uh, sorts of drawdowns that we've experienced. We've actually experienced quite a few since 2010. Um, we do not respond to those. Okay. And listen, you, you mentioned that you only work with advisors. Listening, uh, any listeners um, who are investors, how would they work work with you? So they would work through their advisors. We're on all the major platforms, Schwab and Fidelity and Pershing and, you know, so forth and so on, InvestNet. Um, and so they can invest in us through their advisor uh, on all of these platforms. So we're pretty much available to everybody, you know, depending on which platform you're on, you would, you would go through that platform to invest in us. Okay. Now, I'm having a little difficulty here, uh, Dr. Howard, in determining the initial step. We don't have much time to talk about it, but can you go over a little more how you categorize all mutual funds and and, and how you come up with the specific ETF that you're going to purchase or, or, you know, going into cash? So we we have identified 10 investment strategies that managers pursue. We let them tell us what they do. And we gather that information from the prospectus. We've gathered, you know, 50,000, 70,000 pieces of information on strategy. We put that through an algorithm and we say, for example, a Janus fund here in Denver, we say, you, what you're telling us, you look like a competitive position manager. And then we put you in that particular peer group for with all the other funds that say very similar things. So these are peer groups that are, are particular to you? These are proprietary peer yes, groups that you've created? particular to us, yes. Okay. But that's what we've got patented. Okay. And we think it, it's, in fact, our research shows it's a much better way to look at manners. It's self-declared strategy. We organize in this particular way. And so... We do that with future growth. We do that with valuation and so forth. And it turns out that if the future growth funds do well relative to everybody else, and then there's another strategy called risk. These are funds that say we only manage volatility and drawdown without much concern for a return, and they've been very successful. They've underperformed pretty dramatically. If 
you know, if over the short run, future growth is at the top, is the best performing, and risk is at the bottom, and we, we also rank the other eight strategies, but those are two. That's a very positive sign for the stock market. That's what we're seeing right now. Future growth is the best strategy right now. Risk is down towards the bottom in terms of performance. And those are those deep behavioral currents because it's all answers that are driving those returns. And we, we think that's very favorable. Now what? It gets flipped, and risk is all of a sudden on a relative basis the best performing strategy, and future growth is at the bottom. That's a really bad sign. That's when we go to cash. And that's what happened in mid-2007. We okay. saw future growth, the performance of the future growth funds uh, fall off dramatically. All of a sudden, risk was the top performing strategy. We said, oh, that's not good. So that's how we capture those deep behavioral currents. We let the investors, through how they drive the, the performance of these funds as they're organized in strategies, tell us what those deep behavioral currents look like. And do you uh, divide the investors between institutional and the private investor, or do you just lump them all together? No, we just lump them all together. We're, we're going to say collectively what are investors doing. And, of course, there's $42 trillion invested in, in U.S. stock markets. So we're looking collectively what are those investors doing. In particular, we use the, the mutual funds, the active equity mutual fund universe, as a way of you know, putting our feelers down into those deep behavioral currents. You know, we could talk about this all day, Dr. Howard. This is really interesting stuff, uh, but we need to move on to, to the next part of our interview here and ask, as we ask all of our guests, what keeps you awake at night, especially now that you're no longer a professor and have to grade all those papers? <laughs> yeah. Last November, what kept me awake is the thought that uh, Hillary Clinton win the election. Uh, <laughs> and and the, the reason that was, is that uh, she would? She was definitely going to continue the policies that have hampered the economy in terms of growth and the prosperity of the country. So that really bothered me. I'm going to quote you all week on that one, by the way. Uh. <laughs> when President Trump got elected, all of a sudden I started sleeping really well. Um, and indeed, he has been good to his word. He's beginning to pull the shackles off the economy in, in terms of the regulatory environment. Now, I know they're working on tax. They haven't passed it yet. Uh, and so there's so many things, in, in my mind, positive happening for the economy. So my concern was that the economy was going to continue to slow and be continue to be sh- shackled, which obviously meant investing was in the stock market was not going to be nearly as attractive. But now... That has turned around. And so that, to me, is a real positive uh, for the market. Okay. And uh, second question that we like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Actually, I've got a couple. Investing in the stock market is all about investing in the future and the future prospects uh, of the economy. And there are a couple of books that uh, that I think do a great job of describing that. One is a book called Progress by Johann Norberg. And what he does is look at the underlying socioeconomic, about a, a dozen of them, uh, measures of the economy and shows how what incredible progress we've made over the last 100 years in particular and how those measures are going to continue to improve. It's really a good news story when when the current press is reporting all kinds of bad things happening, uh, but a tremendous book. Another one is a book by Peter Diamandis and Steve uh, 
Kotler. It's called Abundance. And these were the guys that set up something called the XPRIZE. And they talk about some of the great technologies coming down the way and, and the kind of things that we are looking forward to. So as, a, as an equity investor, you, you know, I think it's real important to stay focused on what are the long-term potentials because that's what you're investing in, the long-term potential of the U.S. economy, and and step away from all the kind of the noise and clutter of what's ha- what's being reported in the market right now. So those are two that I would recommend. Hey, we appreciate those. Those are books that have not been recommended in the 200-plus times we've asked that question. And um, we knew you would come up with uh, some good things, having been a professor that long, but it just sounds like those are great books. Thank you very much. So provide your website and contact information information for those who would like to know more. And spell Athena for them, will you? Athena is A-T-H-E-N-A invest.com um, is, is, our, is our website. Okay. And any uh, uh, contact information of any uh, people there that you'd recommend they contact directly if, uh, for those who would the, like to? The person that they should contact directly is Steve Bogosian. And you can get up on the website and, and click on that, uh, his, his name, and that would be the person to, to uh, contact if okay. they want additional information. They, Steve will help them identify an advisor that, uh, that they can, and maybe they already have their advisor, so that's great. If they don't, then uh, Steve can help them uh, with that process. And a large portion of our listeners is advisors, so uh, they can contact Steve or anybody else there, I, I'm sure. Yes, and we're always looking for new advisors to work with. They're looking for uh, unique portfolios that build long Rise and wealth. That's what we're about. Okay. So, final words for our listeners here, Doctor Howard. Final words for our listeners so, here, Doctor Howard. Yes, we believe that uh, emotions are incredibly important for being long horizon wealth. And so, to the extent that you can manage your emotions, you can keep them in check and and stay invested in the stock market and truly active manage. You can build tremendous long-term wealth, and so that is one of the most important things uh, that an investor can do. Thank you very much. So, Dr. Howard, this has been, again, a most delightful and very interesting conversation. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Charlie. Enjoyed it. Again, we've been talking with Dr. Tom Howard, CEO and Director of Research at Athena Invest. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 